Welcome to the Victory Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. At Victory, we value love in action through growing, connecting, serving, and giving. We work to show God's love and share His truth as we love and serve the Lord Jesus Christ together. Here's this week's sermon by Pastor Terry Green. But I'm glad that you guys could be here today. We have some folks out sick and uh, one whole family almost, they're, they're out sick. And, and I'm glad since they're sick that they didn't come to share the love. Uh, but uh, we need to show our love. And in the flyer that we sent out and gave out, maybe some of you were given that flyer and you're here today because of that. But we said truths about love that most people don't understand. We're going to look at God's Word. You see on the screen Matthew 5 and 1 Corinthians 13. If you'll turn to 1 Corinthians 13, I think I have Matthew 5 is going to pop up on the screen a little bit later, and we'll look at that. But uh, we're going to look at showing your love because we need to. People need to receive it, and we need to share it. So someone said that kids spell love T-I-M-E. Um, I think our son Nathan spelled love F-O-O-D. Uh, but uh, kids spell love time. They, they need that time with their parents. That's how they know they're loved, by getting to spend that time. Jesus said you could also spell love O-B-E-Y. Jesus said, if you love me, what should you do? Yeah. Keep his commandments. If you love me, obey me. That's what Jesus said. I do remember our oldest daughter once when Kathy said to her, obedience is a sign of of love, that if you love, you will obey. And our daughter said, yeah, but mom, he only had 10 commandments. You got lots more. Okay, but obedience is a sign of love. And John, the apostle, also said love could be spelled A-C-T-I-O-N-S. Yeah, 1 John 3, 16 through 18 said, By this we love, I'm sorry, by this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's good and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You see, you show your love by what you do, not by how you feel. We'll look at that a little bit more later. Hebrews 12 reminds us that one of the ways God shows his love is by correcting and disciplining his kids. That's one of the ways God shows his love. And Christian parents show their love by doing the same thing with their kids. Show your love. That's what we're called to do. That's what we need to do. And if you're in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we're going to start reading at the first verse. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, pause right there. The Apostle Paul was caught up to heaven. 
He went up to heaven. The scriptures describe a time when they stoned him and they left him for dead. And he went up to heaven. Uh, his body was still on earth, but his soul and spirit were in heaven, at least temporarily. And he had conversations and he heard things spoken. And later he said, God wouldn't let me share with you some of the things I heard. So when he talks about the the tongue or the languages of men and angels, he meant he talked with them. He had conversations. How many of you have ever been around when you heard a conversation, people speaking in a language you don't understand? Anybody? How many of you that was English? No. Um, but, but see, sometimes there's, Kathy and I love it when we're on vacation and we love to visit national parks. And I mean, one park at one spot, we heard nine different languages, it sounded like, our best guess was nine different ones all being spoken in the general area where we were. And, and it's pretty cool that God understands every single one of them. But Paul was not talking about glossolalia or speaking in tongues or anything like that. He was talking about Angels having conversations in a language they speak in heaven. Now, of course, we English speakers, we know that language was English. It was already in heaven. It just wasn't on earth yet, right? (laughs) Don't believe that, okay? All right, so um, Paul said, no matter what I heard, who speaks, here's the important thing. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Dong! That's all you are. Any of you ever watch Charlie Brown and the adults speak? Wah, 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 wah. If you don't speak with love, your message doesn't convey meaning and purpose and connection. Love is a universal language, and so too, lack of love is felt and seen just as well as, I mean, it's seen and heard just as well as felt. You can tell when there's not love. And Paul said, no matter how gifted a speaker I am, if I don't have love, I'm nothing. Then he goes on, uh, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Love surpasses all other spiritual abilities. He talks about some great things here. The gift of prophecy, which God had revealed certain things to him that he then shared with people. We now have the complete revelation. But, but Paul said, even if I could understand all mysteries and all knowledge, which he knew he couldn't do, but even if he could, if he didn't have love, it would be meaningless. Love surpasses. Love is the most significant of the activities we enjoy on planet earth. And then he says in verse three, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. See, even self-sacrifice can be self-centered. You want the attention for your sacrifice. And even if you're doing all of those things, if you're not loving, then you're not honoring God. Love can and should put up with a lot, but but we're going to look at the direction of love in just a little bit. But look at the beginning of verse 4. Love suffers long. Look at verse 7. 
the end of verse 7, love endures all things. We'll fill in the difference between those in a little bit. Verses like that lead to a worldly concept that says if you truly love somebody, then you'll put up with them no matter what, no matter how bad, no matter how ugly, no matter how painful, no matter how hurtful, you'll just put up with them. But the Bible reverses the concept of love. Instead of somebody saying, well, I need to feel love, you need to show it to me, the Bible says true love doesn't put up with anything no matter what. That's not what God does. And, and we are to look at love, not in what you deserve to receive, but in what you should say and do toward others, loving actions toward others. See, love flows outward. Love flows outward. We give it out to other people. And you need to show your love, and Jesus sets the bar kind of high, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, we are to love and he sets the bar really high. Um, Matthew 5, uh, these verses are on the screen. Uh, part of it is highlighted. Hopefully you can see that. And I want you to read that with me when we do that part that's highlighted. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Now, Jesus doesn't just leave this hanging out there as, wow, he's raised the bar way high. He then gives us reasons. Why should we do this? Well, that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. This is what God acts like. Now you go and act like God. And uh, God makes his sun rise on the evil and the good and send rain, sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even tax collectors do the same? Now, even in our culture, we're not real fond of tax collectors, are we? But in their culture, the tax collectors were funding the Roman occupation. It would be as if, uh, you know, Russia took over the United States and all the tax collectors were raising money to fund Russia. That's how bad it was in Israel. They hated the tax gatherers because the tax gatherers were giving money to the enemies who'd come in and taken over. And so they weren't just raising funds to help provide hospitals and stuff. Uh, they were raising funds to fund the armies of the enemy in their occupation. And so Matthew was not speaking hatefully toward tax collectors. What Matthew was doing is saying, hey, you people who think you're right with God, if you don't have love, you're no better than a tax collector. I mean, and that was a slam in their culture. You're, you're as low as a tax collector. They used to say in Texas, it's lower than a snake's belly. You know, that's how low you are. So, and then he says, uh, verse 46, if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect or mature and complete, just as your Father in heaven is perfect, mature, and complete. You should show love to people who don't deserve it. That's what God does. God doesn't say, well, you know, I kind of like Jeff, so I'll show him some love. 
Now, God actually said at the time, Jeff, you're a mess, but I love you. Come to me. And he did, and he trusted Christ, and he, his life changed. And that's how God works. He loves us and shows his love to people who are, so, you know, a little bit undeserving. All right, now, what if the one acting like an enemy is a spouse who's abusive to you? See, some people get the idea that you should stay no matter what because you're a Christian. Just stay in there and endure that. And John, can you grab that back door, that glare? I'm having trouble with glare today. So um, you need to show love, yes. But uh, if you're in an abusive situation, don't attack them back. But also, you don't have to stay in that situation. Do the right thing for you and yourself. Get out and get help. Uh, not only, I mean, God's, God judges abuse harshly. And when you get out, you not only get to a place of safety, but you then also force the abuser to deal with their own issues. And they might get right with God, might not, but you've done the right thing to get out and get away. So love doesn't mean I sit there and take the abuse, but it also doesn't mean I attack back against the abuser. I step out of the way so God can work on that abuser and hopefully get their life changed and possibly even restore the relationship down the road. But if you're in an abusive situation, don't say, well, pastor told me I need to just stick in there, even if they're my enemies and show love. That's not what God's word teaches across the board. There are places and times where God's word says, separate from those who are walking ungodly. And that includes if it's in your marriage. You have to separate sometimes, at least for a time. So hopefully you're uh, still in 1 Corinthians 13. Beginning back in verse number four, love suffers long. Uh, there used to be a... a company that did tires in, in Arizona. I don't know if they're still around, but they, in their commercial, they'd hold up what looked like a dollar bill and they'd say, we're the buck stretchers. And then they'd stretch. It wasn't a real dollar bill. It was made out of rubber or plastic or something. They would stretch it way out. We're the buck stretchers. Well, you need to be the love stretchers. Love suffers long. Now, on your wedding anniversary... Don't share with your spouse, I'm happy to be married with you, even though I have to suffer long with it, okay? <laughs> Save that for another time. No, no, no. All right, love suffers long and is kind. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It doesn't long for things others have. Or Love does not parade itself. Uh, love's not bragging about yourself. Some people uh, want kudos for every little act of love, like, like a kid. Daddy, Mommy, did you see me? Did you see me? And some people act like that. Kathy and I had a Bible class teacher who uh, was sharing how his wife had been sick. And so he fixed her a really nice meal because he was being the good man because his wife was sick and fixed a great meal for his wife and the kids. And, and Kathy asked him and said, did you do the dishes afterward? 
And he said, well, no, you go to a fancy restaurant and the chef never does the dishes. He just fixes the meals and somebody else does the dishes. And Kathy had another great question. So when she fixes the meals, do you do the dishes? He didn't ever do the dishes. Shame on him. And, you know, we, we help each other. We show love. But love doesn't brag about what you've done. Hey, honey, did you see that I did that? No, love doesn't do that. It doesn't parade itself. It's not puffed up. It's not narcissistic or egocentric. It's not proud or arrogant or conceited. Love cares about the person. Love does not behave rudely. It is not improper. It's not um, inappropriate. Love is kind and polite and gracious. Love does not seek its own, it says. Um, your, Your love should be outward focused, not focused on what you receive, but focused on what you share out with other people. Um, Love is not provoked. It's not touchy. Some people are touchy. You know, I had a friend who, he would uh, slam you and have so much fun harassing you, but if you turned it around, he'd pout. And uh, slam humor is not the best humor in the world, that's for sure. But Don't be touchy. Give people the benefit of the doubt. If somebody comes up to you and they're a little grumpy, don't think, well, there must be sin in their life. Uh, Don't think, they must not like me. Okay? I mean, who couldn't like you, right? I mean, everybody would like you, right? Okay, just give them the benefit of the doubt. You have no idea the difficulties they've had in their life that week or that day or that moment right before you walked in. So don't be easily provoked. Love thinks no evil. It never plans to do wrong. Love doesn't do paybacks. In fact, love does the opposite. When you deserve being smacked back, love reaches out and gives you a helping hand. And then love does not rejoice in iniquity. Have you ever seen a football game when one star is just tearing things up? He's unstoppable. He's the halfback running for so many yards or the quarterback, his passes are money, you know, and he's 12 for 12 and unstoppable. And then there's an injury that takes him out of the game. And it could be uh, a season ending, sometimes even a career ending injury. And you go to the other team and what's the team that this guy was tearing up? What are they doing? They're not high-fiving. They're not woo-woo. They're not cheering. They're not doing somersaults. They're grieving because this person was injured in the game. I I remember way back when Joe Theismann had his leg break that was his career-ending injury, and uh, Lawrence Taylor was the one who sacked him a blindside sack. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And he came in and and just tackled the quarterback, and it was just a normal play. Just a normal thing. And then you see Lawrence Taylor get up off the ground, turn to the side to the opposing team, uh, the Redskins, and he calls them out immediately because he saw Theismann's leg was broken. Because opposing teams care about the other players, not just themselves. How much greater is the biblical response 
And yet I've seen Christians, when a non-believer does things that, you know, and then they end up having problems, they're like, ah, he got his, didn't he? No, we all need grace. We need to show it, and through God we need to receive it. It's inappropriate for believers to rejoice because love does not rejoice in iniquity. Psalm 97.10, you who love the Lord hate evil. Love rejoices in the truth. It never plans to do wrong, never plans paybacks. It rejoices in the truth. Verse 7, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Love has a tenacity to it. Love is not this little emotional, I feel love. It, it's tough and it's tenacious and it lasts and it holds out. And so number one thing I want you to think about is that love takes action to do good and godly things for the benefits of others, for the benefit of others. See, um, in our values of victory, we say, we value love in action through growing, connecting, serving, and giving. Love in action. That's one of the core values of our church. And we do it by growing in our relationship with the Lord, connecting with the Lord and with others, serving other people, and giving generously to others of our time, of our energy, of our finances. And so we value love in action because love takes action to do good and godly things for the benefit of others. Love doesn't sit back and see a problem and think, hmm, wonder how they'll deal with that. <laughs> so I got to tell you a story on Kathy. That's all right with you guys, isn't it? I'll move over here in case it's not with her. All right. Uh, when, I, when my leg was really bad before I had my knee replacement, uh, sometimes I would fall down like regularly. And I was on crutches in the house because I had a wheelchair for leaving the house and I was on crutches in the house. And uh, I was on my crutches one day and I, I slipped and I fell and I banged, she was laying on the couch watching a football game and I slammed into the back of the couch and careened off the couch and then slammed into the hallway wall because at that point the couch was close to the wall and I just slid down onto the floor and I'm on the floor and... Uh, and then Kathy had to help me up. Praise the Lord. She has uh, the strength to do that. And she picked me back up. And, and uh, I think Megan handed my crutches back to her so I could get going again. And uh, I asked Kathy later, I said, did it scare you when I slammed into the couch? She said, no, I just thought, how interesting. said, <laughs> <laughs> It's okay to tease each other sometimes, okay? But listen, if I had really fallen and I didn't immediately answer that I was going to be okay, we don't ask, are you okay? We say, are you gonna be okay? Because at the moment of impact, you're not okay. But are you gonna be okay? And if, if I hadn't answered, she would have gotten seriously concerned and leaped up and hurtled the couch in a single bound, you know? Uh, but. But love takes action. 
Love doesn't sit back and watch people suffer. Love tries to step in and help and minister and care. That's biblical love. Galatians 6.10, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. As verse 5 said uh, here in 1 Corinthians 13, love does not seek its own. Now, years ago, I had a friend and his wife separated from him and was in the process of filing for divorce. And he was all stressed out. And he came to talk to me, hoping that I could turn this situation around, that I could intervene for him and help. Uh, and and uh, he kept telling me, man, I love her so much. And then he'd tell me all these great things she did for him. I love her so much. She, she does this. She do, I love her so much. She does that. And I said, well, you say you love her. What do you do to show your love for her? Well, I appreciate what she does this. And I, I love that she does that. I said, what do you do to show your love for her? And his answer was nothing. Does it surprise you to know that marriage did not get restored? He was all about receiving, getting, having. But your love's supposed to flow outward, doing good and godly things for the benefit of other people. You show your love by what you do, not by how you feel. And so when you love somebody, you're going to do things for their benefit. Sometimes, even at great cost to yourself, because, secondly, love sacrifices for others. On the picture, I have the cross. The ultimate sign of sacrifice for others. Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. I want you to take your Bible, please, and turn to John 3. We're going to look at several passages in John 3, several verses. We're going to start out with just one one that most of us could quote, but I want you to read it. I want you to see the impact of it being in God's word. John chapter three, love sacrifices for others. It's important for us to uh, remember this is the word of God, all right? John three, verse 16. Uh, if you're there, go ahead and read it with me. Even if your translation might be different, just read from yours. Let's read it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Say, should not perish but have everlasting life. Why? For God so loved the world, the people on this planet. He provided a way of redemption because he loved, because love sacrifices for others. And when Jesus gave his life, uh, don't believe some of the skeptics who say, God taught human sacrifice. No. Jesus didn't give his life as a human sacrifice. What Jesus did, there was a judicial reckoning. Imagine it this way. My dad was a judge. Imagine my dad formerly Judge Green, now living in heaven. Uh, and my dad would sentence somebody to death, which he never did, uh, but uh, sentence them to death and then step off the bench, step in their place and say, I can't change the sentence, but I can 
fulfill it in my own life. I will die in your place. See, that's what Jesus did. Jesus stepped in our place to pay the judicial punishment the death sentence had been assigned to us. We were on death row for our sins. The wages of sin is death. And that's what we deserved. But God stepped in and Jesus Christ paid the penalty for it. It was not a human sacrifice. It was an ultimate fulfilling and of the judicial punishment that we deserved. He loved, he gave, he sacrificed because he loved. See, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, Romans 6.23 says, and Paul modeled this a little bit, lesser extent in his own life uh, with the believers in Corinth. In uh, 1 Corinthians 12.15, he said, um, I'm willing to, I will gladly spend and be spent for you even though the more I love you, the less you love me back. I will spend and be spent for you. I will sacrifice for you. Love doesn't keep score. Love doesn't say, well, all right, so far this month, she's shown love five times. I've only done it three times. I got to do a couple things. No, love doesn't keep score. Love gives and love gives and love gives. And Friday, I had some routine doctor visits at the VA hospital in Tucson, and, and they, they were very routine. They were just also very long because there was a, a crisis, an emergency. And so in one of the waiting rooms, I had a couple of different appointments in different buildings. And, uh, but in the hospital there, in one of the waiting rooms, it started filling up. And there was a guy in there who kept sighing really loudly. And, and grumbling and fussing. And finally, he, he waved and got somebody's attention and they got staff's attention and hospital staff went out to him and he said, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting and I haven't seen the doctor and I've been here for 30 minutes and what's going on? And the person said, there's a crisis. There's a medical emergency and the doctors and nurses are dealing with that medical emergency. Well, when's it going to be over? Because I need to see. He didn't care about the person suffering. What he fussed about was these chairs are uncomfortable, and I'm tired of waiting. Okay, that person was not at all sacrificing for anybody else. Okay, to be honest with you, he was completely right about the chairs. They're miserable. Half the time I walk around the waiting room instead of sitting in the chairs because they're, they're not very comfortable. But there was a medical emergency. If he'd been the one having the emergency, he'd have wanted every doctor and nurse to be focused only on him. In fact, I'm pretty sure that's what he wanted anytime. Everybody just focused on him. But the medical staff was working rapidly to help a person in crisis, and he had no compassion at all. See, as a culture, we've kind of lost our understanding of common courtesy, and we've lost the idea of doing things for the greater good. But as Christians, we can't lose that. We have to have common courtesy, Christ-like courtesy, better than common courtesy. And we have to show love 
and care and do things for the greater good. Those who are following Jesus are willing to sacrifice for others. Thirdly, love grows when we pursue it. Isn't that a great picture? (laughs) Kathy asked me, is that like a wedding picture or something? I said, I don't think so. I think they're just happy. Uh, there's nobody around uh, in, in, except, I guess, the person taking the picture. There's nobody else. In, it's a bigger scene, and I cut part of it out. But uh, some people have the strange idea that love is a mystical thing, that, that love just happens or not. You know, you're just walking down the street, and boom, love, according to Hollywood and Disney, uh, if, if you kiss somebody and it sparkles, it's love. Well, I, I did really hear music the first time I kissed Kathy. I did. We were on her parents' front porch and they had a wind chime. And I'm tall enough that when I bent over to kiss her, little peck on the lips, I hit the wind chime. And her sister opened the door and said, do you need something? <laughs> yeah, I need you to go away. <laughs> you know? All right. but, but true love is not this wow feeling that we get. People talk about falling in love and sometimes, sadly, falling out of love as if, as if they were victims of this mysterious plague, like there's COVID-19 and there's love. And when one hits you, you just got it. First um, Thessalonians 3.12 says, May the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all. The Bible clearly teaches your love can grow. Philippians 1.9, and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. See, I've actually known couples who were on the verge of divorce and they started working at it and counseling and therapy. And the, some of them, a couple of them said their marriage not only was restored, it ended up better than it was before. There was the, the problem and the crisis and the counseling and the therapy and their marriage ended up better than it had been before the problems. So if you want a flower to grow, you don't just throw it out there in the desert and hope it grows. No, you, fl- you water it, you tend to the soil, you put some nutrients in there, you protect it from the winter freeze and the summer's heat, and, and th- that way it's going to grow. And that's how love is. Love will grow when you put forth the effort to study God's word, learn God's plan, and implement it in your life. Uh, 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has given you the capacity for great and godly love. He's given you that capacity. Now it's up to you to do something with it. Do something with it. Love grows when we pursue it. And here's another thing that, that our culture doesn't like to recognize, but it's true and it's biblical. Love has boundaries. Love has boundaries. Love does this. Love doesn't do that. There's boundaries. And God himself, who truly and deeply loves the people of this world, set boundaries. Right? Are you still in John 3? 
I ask you to turn to John 3. Hopefully you're still there. We looked at verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But look at verse 3. Jesus answered and said to Nicodemus, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. There's a qualifier. There's a condition here, Nicodemus. Jump down to verse 18. He who believes in the Son, Jesus Christ, he who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And look how John phrases it in the last verse of this chapter, John 3:36. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. See, God who loves with a love beyond our capacity to understand, God loves also has set a boundary for himself a boundary that he will not pass. He offers salvation to all, but will forgive only those who receive, who believe, and who repent. John 1.12, but as many as received him, to them gave he the right or the power, the authority to become children of God to those who believe in his name. He has a boundary he will not cross. And we have a boundary we who are loved have a boundary. Salvation is available only if we believe and repent. See, in Luke 13, several people were talking about a contemporary crisis, a problem that had happened. It was the current news of their day, and it was a recent tragic event. And Jesus used that conversation to urge them to believe and repent twice in one short paragraph Jesus said unless you repent you will all perish see true and godly love still has boundaries if you have never asked the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive your sins then he has not some people say well God loves people so much everybody gets to go to heaven that's not what Jesus said Jesus said some people end up in hell where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. But those who repent, those who believe and trust in him, they're the ones who get to go to heaven. Everybody can go to heaven, but not everybody will. And if you have never asked Jesus to forgive your sins and be your savior, there's a pattern in the scripture. It's easy to follow, easy to read, easy to understand. You don't have to take seminary classes or give thousands of dollars or anything. You receive a gift from God, and we can show you how to receive that gift if you have not done so. Have you received God's gift of love so that you could have your sins forgiven and be on your way to heaven? If you don't know that for sure, let's deal with that here today. And those of you who have done that, I can remember when I trusted Christ as my Savior. I wrote it in my Bible at the time. And uh, I've now been a Christian for a lot of years. But if, if you have trusted Christ as your Savior, how are you showing love to others? See, show your love. That's what we need to do. 
that's this day. We planned this service last year, actually, and we planned that, that on this day we would have Show Your Love Sunday and we would invite people and we would have food to eat and we would uh, just, we want you to know the love of God and we want to show you the love of God. Thank you for listening to the Victory Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Victory, please visit our website at victoryarizona.org. You can also connect with us on our Facebook page or by emailing victory at victoryarizona.org. We'd love to help you accept and follow Jesus Christ.